Knowing how to invest your money is harder than ever before. Dealing with stock market volatility, record debt, and terrorist attacks requires new thinking. At U.S. Asset Management, we can help you see the world more clearly so that you can move beyond the chaos and invest with confidence. Call us, visit us online, or drop by our office. U.S. Asset Management, helping you make better decisions with your money. We're back in the studio after a uh, fun-filled Christmas holidays. Uh, welcome, everyone. And we have with us our co-host, John Mills. Thank you, Colonel, for coming on again. Hey, Todd. Great to be with you here. Thank you. So a uh, lot going on in the Pacific, and we want to start there first. Um, the U.S. Navy is not what it used to be, right? Yeah, this is uh, – it is not getting the press coverage that it needs to get. And now uh, John Cronin is one of my great sorts of uh, – he runs the G Captain website. Uh, he's a merchant mariner. Uh, I've had him on my podcast. Great guy. This is a full-blown naval war in progress in the Middle East, and it's getting scant attention. And the disappointing fact is uh, nobody seems to fear the U.S. Navy anymore. Um, um, we just had our 18th attack, 18th attack. Now, the DOD like to say, well, the Eisenhower strike group and the F-18s, you know, very successfully. It was like almost 20 drones, cruise missiles, ballistic missiles that the F-18s and F-35 shot down. And the, I think it was the Arleigh Burke Laboon, uh, uh, I think that's the correct name. But it's like we're expending a ton, we're expending a lot of ordnance and getting tied down where if we made a demonstrative teaching point by schwacking definitively the hooties mm -hmm. i think they'd stop firing the missiles but instead yeah. we're we're playing whack-a-mole uh, and ping pong uh, and expending a lot of expensive ordnance yeah well that's been the case in ukraine and elsewhere i mean uh, i fear that's a an agenda item on whoever is running this uh shit show for lack of a better word um so uh you, you mentioned some new ordnance coming on. I think the uh, the new naval drones. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so uh, Boeing, uh, the Navy just accepted their first Orca drone, which it's a BHD. It's a big honking drone. I mean, this is a monster. This is about 80 feet long. The Navy's going to get five of these. I think they should buy at least seven because we're going to need four forward deployed at all times. You're going to need some that are undergoing maintenance, some that are in the training uh training uh, environment uh, out of Port Wanami, which is where all the training's going on for these the drone systems. This thing can deliver eight tons. That's 16,000 pounds of mines. That's easily, depending on the size of the mine, that's 16 to 32 mines. That's a lot of mines. And this yeah. thing can stay away from its mothership. And this thing is so big, you have to have a big dedicated mothership, like one of the expedi expeditionary um, um, uh, support vessels uh, uh, that uh, the Navy has. They're big converted tankers made out of NASCO and San Diego. Wonderful, wonderful vessels. I mean, they can support five, six, seven CH-53 size helicopters. Uh, big ships, big ships. And they, they're, they, they're uh, I don't know if they're fully have the the crane and the mating assemblies to fully support the the orcas yet, but these orcas are ideal to strategically place the mines needed for the defense of Taiwan. Hmm. 
And because uh, placing mines via aircraft, high risk, even in even in peacetime conditions, high risk. You know, those things are bouncing off the water, about <laughs> 500 feet in the air, going to knock mm -hmm. down. I've, I literally have seen this. This is this is uh, this is risky even in peacetime. Mm -hmm. uh, so you need a better way to to covertly place mines. So this is these are a big deal. Which is um, going to make those ships and the and these drones high value targets, right? If there's only five of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We only got uh, five of the, the Orca drones. So uh, I guarantee you the Chinese are going to be all over trying to figure out where those are at and how to neutralize those. So, you know, five, uh, they're expensive. The unit cost will go way down if we double the buy. Mm -hmm. um, um, but uh, this is, we need more of these and we need more of the uh, ex-carrier support, so support uh, bases. Uh, uh, these are great vessels. But you put one to the top right at Ishigaka in the Ishigaka Island chain of Japan. You put one to the bottom left. I think it's the uh, um, oh my gosh, there's there's Philippine Islands midway all between the gap between Luzon and uh, you know all the way midway. You know we mm -hmm. we put one of our ships there and run one of our drones from there. Also, you can cover uh, you know create a kill box left and right the limits of the uh of the taiwan straits you know you put a few mines out there you know the chinese are yeah it ain't even gonna try it's so gonna... what's the difference between and i'm not a navy guy obviously but this and the russian uh nuclear drones that putin was crowing about a few years ago well that's an interesting the poseidon drone is a super size it's even bigger than the orca mm -hmm. but it's a nuclear powered nuclear warheaded mm -hmm. drone mm -hmm. it's bizarre mm -hmm. and they i think the belgorod is the only russian submarine converted to carry these as of yet it carries six of the poseidons poseidon is is an if you look at it from an engineering basis it is nothing but an opportunity for disaster hmm. so, so well it's just you're putting a nuclear powered yeah the engine is nuclear powered you mean, you mean you, an environmental disaster or or military uh, disaster all of the above yeah, i mean oh. there are so many opportunities for mission failure in these things and and the russians have a horrible safety record on these right. matters right uh so you're putting a nuclear powered drone with a nuclear warhead uh i just nothing so you sounds, lose positive control is that what you're saying you lose control of it it yeah. goes south it goes you don't know what's going to happen to these suckers yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so i interesting concept i'm not sure it's worth all the risk factors but the orcas would be perfect they're going to run the poseidons fine we're mm -hmm. going to run the orcas and strategically in place the, you know there's a number of new mines coming on board in the navy and the navy that's usually uh classified information the navy will put out some public facing information but usually they're very discreet on what's going on in mine warfare but the navy has mm -hmm. really accelerated mine warfare the orcas you just put a string of of uh you know the small diameter torpedoes that the navy's developing you don't need these 21 big honking torpedoes anymore you put or the even the eight or even the, the 18 inch torpedoes you put these smaller ones place them strategically and they can just wait in uh, wait for the poseidon and mm -hmm. take it out you know so uh you know i i don't know the poseidon a lot of expensive engineering 
into a high risk yes. platform. Uh, there's so many opportunities for for engineering failure on these on these things. Uh, they're scary, but scary to who? <laughs> so you would think if you were, and that's our next subject is is Taiwan. You would think that if you were an island nation facing you know Goliath, that you would just ring the whole thing with mines and maybe find a way to let your ships through for trade. But other than that, just put up a you know, Maginot line, essentially. I mean, is that what they're doing? Well, how do I say this uh, properly? Yeah. Um, you can say four, what you want here. It's okay. Four years, <laughs> I was the, the DOD liaison for cyber matters to uh -huh. Taiwan. Um, there's a lot of interesting things they shared with me that were not generally shared with uh, 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 the rest of the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. Uh, all I'll say is they've been very active in a lot of ways. Now, also, and they've been they've been on the receiving end of a lot of lectures from uh, the Obama Biden folks and even mm -hmm. the Trump folks. Randy Shriver during the Trump days was saying the exact same things: was stop spending money on prestige weapons, large ships. Oh, you don't really need submarines. Mm -hmm. Spend it on mines and missiles. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing I pointed out in an article, but I know the Taiwanese are very diligent, like the Chinese, in reading material. And I said, look, Taiwan, you up your defense spend to 22, 25 billion per annum and change the numerator over denominator. You're going to have room for both the prestige weapons mm -hmm. and the prickly weapons. So like they have mines. the money, right? They have the mind. So they just, their, their 22, 23 budget just exploded upward. Mm. Okay, great. Good. Now you have the money for both the prestige weapons and the prickly weapons that the intelligence work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, I think you need both. I think mm. you actually need both because even though I was leading the cyber dialogue, the, the two issues they always brought up at the beginning of every cyber dialogue was, we want tanks and we want submarines. I go, okay, those are not totally in the sphere of cyber matters, but I will fight like hell for you guys. And we got in the tanks and I'm coming up to a visit to Taiwan during the elections. I might get to visit one of their new M1 tank units. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but, uh, but now they have the money for both the tanks and they came out with their new submarine so that they've, by law, we were spending. Uh, we were also giving them a lot of the technology for their new submarines. Mm -hmm. um, so, but if you just do the math now, numerator over denominator, you have the budget space for both prestige, which are important to deter. Those are visible; they're demonstrative, and the Chinese pay attention. They're a parade army in many ways still. So parades have a meaning, mm -hmm. and so when you parade these things, it has impact. It has psychological operations impact on the Chinese. But at the same time, you need lots of prickly weapons like the Xing Feng, uh, I think it's the uh, the 2H, uh, the 2H, that's their Tomahawk type missile. Well, they've been strategically table dropping a lot of pictures of all their uh, Xing Feng 2H launch positions. Um, and they're just gonna be able to just shellack the nine, the nine major airfields in the uh, Eastern district. Uh, they're just gonna, you know, they're just gonna shellac those uh, those Chinese airfields as soon as they start to see, uh, you know, uh, as soon as those uh, Chinese aircraft try to cross the center line with dropping ordnance. Hmm. So uh, the, the the so bottom line, uh, it is it is a lot of it's about deep magazines and it's about 
your 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 weapons count. And I think the challenge is, and the Taiwanese have been getting a little frustrated with America because yes, a lot of our resources have been diverted to uh, Ukraine. Again, and, intentional. Yeah, yeah. So, and a lot of these are weapons that the Taiwanese actually play, paid with their own money for and have been waiting patiently. And then I know the Taiwanese, they are a loving and beautiful culture and they're not, they don't normally get angry, but uh, frankly, they've already paid for a lot of these things and we need to be good. And, and, but the problem is across the board and uh, with uh, Lloyd Austin as a sec def uh, lecturing uh, defense industry on, Hey, we, instead of 80 Mark 48 torpedoes a year, we need to be making 200 Mark 48 torpedoes a year. Um, you know, we, we got to get going on this defense industrial base, but you know, in reality, until the Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor, even though we had two, three years of heads up, we still were pretty flat footed. Well, let's talk about that. Um, the elephant in the room is, you know, and we spend a trillion dollars a year on defense. So how we could not have enough weapons is another question. But so the elephant in the room is that the press recently actually admitting that weapon stores are very low due to Ukraine. So uh, do we have the capability to rearm? or what is it a situation where we just got rid of some old weapons and that's fine and we need but we don't have any money so where, where do we go well i think it's several components one it's it's all the mush heads that are the uh, biden political appointees that are great at philosophical powerpoints on crt and dei but it said mm -hmm. Great. Give me an engineering analysis on how we ramp up 155 millimeter, how, how it's our shell production. They'll just go, well, if we had more CRT training, we would produce more 155 shells. Okay. Yeah, it's just, yeah. these are, these people are, are, are idiots. They, mm -hmm. they just are plain <clears throat> craven idiots on these topics. And, and, and there is a, a, a deficit and a desert of intellectual capability on true industrial base. Hmm. And, you know, part of it, we just haven't had to think about this for 30, 40 years. Um, uh, in addition to just the craven nature of the ideology of CRT and DEI. So we got to get better at the operational art of building up the, 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 the industrial base. Industry, shockingly enough, I know everybody's going to run around saying, it's just the defense, you know, these people are just trying to make money. Well, uh, yeah. Um, you got to make a little money here and you're not going to put a lot of money into your, your base when the, the, the Department of Defense budget is so erratic up and down. I mean, why are you going to spend all this capital on, on new factory capabilities when, you know, we're the shipbuilding, the shipbuilding industrial base. This is ridiculous. We should have five to 10 year blocks of fenced money. To, if we're going to build a carrier, we should obligate the money up front fence it for 10 years so that this annual reach again and noodling by congress where we're buying piece parts of a carrier year by year i mean maybe we said you could buy two of the three elevators for the carrier this year we only have enough money for one of the elevators for the mm -hmm. for the carrier i mean this is this is we can't buy major capital goods piece part year by year so we need to start segregating and fencing obligations navy we're giving you the 100 percent of the money up front we're not surrendering our oversight role i.e congress 
but we're going to give you 100% of the money up front and we're going to expect you to manage it correctly over that time. So Congress, uh, N9, NAVC, Naval S Systems Command has 100% of the money for the carrier up front. And that way, Huntington Ingalls has no idea year to year which piece parts of the carrier they're going to get. I yeah. mean, this is yeah. this is just like systems engineering 101. I mean, this just makes no sense the way we're 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 just psychotic about this. Well, that you know, I uh, my folks lived down in the Pascagoula area for years, so I I got to see the shipyards all the time, and it's definitely boom and bust cycle. And you have a whole industrial base down there that thrives off that. Um, yeah, and, and that yeah. is the singular best shipyard in, in the entire shipyard infrastructure is Huntington mm -hmm. down at Pascagoula, mm -hmm. but it's maxed out capacity. They, yep. that's it. They, yep. if you told them to surge, they literally don't have the space to surge. Yeah. Got it. Cause right, right now all the amphibs, mo uh, half the Arleigh Burks are made there. So yeah. you, you literally. And there's space. If you study the space, and I've had to do significant studies of Huntington at Pascagoula, they need to literally move over and just annex uh, you know, an equivalent size and just start building a second a second uh, a yard right next yeah. door. Just don't take the beach in Pascagoula. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, this is uh, this is literally we're we're at a hundred percent capacity of our yeah. both our four navy yards and our 10 or so private yards there there is no surge capacity they're already maxed out so definitely need some long-term thinking uh last military subject then i want to talk about uh, another cultural issue but Tian, Tian, tinian talk to us about the airfield yeah yeah talk about uh so tinian north there was tinian north and tinian south during the the end of the second world war mm -hmm. Uh, Tinian North and Tinian South was about 70% of the island. These were our largest B-29 bases. Talk about systems engineering. The singular largest production effort of the entire Second World War was the B-29 bomber. Hmm. Um, <coughs> beautiful aircraft, beautiful mm -hmm. aircraft. Um, so that was our bomber base, was Tinian. So you have Guam, which is an American territory. And then you move north, and then you have the northern Mariana Islands, the major islands being Tinian and Saipan, but you also have Rota, and you have several other islands. So the Navy, and for years I'm going, I'll bet you they're going to reopen Tinian. It's mm -hmm. obvious, because you can see it. You look at the satellite shots, the, the outline of the old airfield is still there. Well, sure enough, uh, it's right, and it's right. If you look at the budget uh, budget uh, uh, documents for the uh, Pacific Deterrence Initiative, a reopening Tinian is in there. And so... General Wilsbach, the four-star commander of Pacific Air Forces. I mean, this is his baby, is reopening several key locations, such as Tinian North. So, uh, and my posit, I know some people have freaked out over this, but, you know, uh, Secretary of the Army, Christine Warmoth, uh, for some reason is cutting probably the most important element of the Army that can deliver support to the main effort of Navy and Air Force in the Pacific, the Army Special Operations Component. For some reason... Well, I'll tell you why she's cutting it, because she's working for the other team. But yeah, yeah that's, absolutely. Yeah. There's insanity. But I said, hey, you know, Army, if they want to cut slots, take two to four engineering brigades, MP brigades, and air defense brigades, and hand them over to Navy and Air Force. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and uh, just let's think purple, let's think strategic and say, okay, the main effort is Navy and Air Force for the Pacific. And what do they need? They need civil engineering support. 
they need base defenders. So hand them just army, just move your units and hand them over to Navy and Air Force and let them take care of them. And they grow and they build up their in, you know, because the, the, the Tinian airfield, uh, uh, bringing that back to life is going to be a huge civil engineering effort. They're literally going to need a, a dedicated Army engineer brigade to, uh, yeah. to make that happen fast. So how, how do you pr protect some, uh, you build this fantastically expensive project and then you're right near the Chinese missile capability. How do you, do we have the air defense to protect against drone swarms and all this stuff? I mean, the drones, yeah. the new warfare, look at Ukraine. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, Moscow, well, I had somebody tell me in Moscow that you can't use, uh, you know, maps in Moscow now because they turned off the GPS because of the drones. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, the army is essentially buying it's it's uh, uh, when when you buy the MRAP, what do they call them? They're not they're they're not considered programs of record. They're considered contingency buy. So they're buying Iron Dome uh, uh, <coughs> and they're also mating the the AIM 9X, which is the Sidewinder, very advanced. Uh, Sidewinder is a great missile. So the the yep. AIM 9X is a great missile. Um, so they're also integrating the AIM 9X into the into the Israeli uh, 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 Iron Dome. Um, they need to buy more of those. They need to buy more of them faster. I know the long range fires part of Army is trying to expand uh, long range fires. Like they're buying the ground launch Tomahawk. They're buying the Navy SM6. They're integrating it, call, calling it the Typhoon system. But they need to just build more of these units faster. And I know, I know that's the army's trying to do that. They're grabbing a bunch of folks and saying, "Hey, you're now, you're now a ballistic missile expert, even though you were a kinesiology major in, uh, uh, you know, college." Uh, right, right. So um, the uh, they got to get more of those, and that's to so for Tinian, you have to physically on the ramp space, as you know, you can't line up. You know, if you look at Anderson. Air Force Public Affairs keeps on showing these pictures of the, you know, the tankers and bombers lined up nice and neat. One straight. You know, why, why do we still do that, John? I mean, we learned this in Pearl Harbor and it's 100 years later and we're still doing it. Why, why hey, is that? I mean, the, the, you the, go to it, even in the U.S. I mean, I, I used to be in the Air Force. I mean, I would say, look at these bomber or fighter bases. There's 200 aircraft lined up. All you need is one guy with an RPG and you decimate the U.S. fighter capability. Yeah. yeah you one strafing run. It's gone. It's because administratively it's far less expensive to group them because if you start moving at anderson there's a lot of there's a lot of dispersal space at anderson i need more security forces yeah. i need more maintainers because now you've made my job you know as a bait that cranky 06 running the base you know now you've just made his life so much harder well guess what these are called combat conditions get used to it um you know this but what that bothers means... me with high expensive weapon systems because you know literally one guy with an rpg can take out a b2 or whatever the new one is uh oh and, yeah well and, you know what you're done so yeah one one warfare. yeah one strafing run you know they they bring they one uh what is it one j15 off of a carrier uh off of the carrier you know shandong breaks away and flies low level and shows up over anderson one strafing run with the gun you're done you just yeah. wiped out, you know, 20 fire, uh, fire big airframes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, you need some adults in the room, so we got to get rid of this administration first. But um, let's switch to cultural. You wrote an article about THC this morning, which I found interesting. Uh, tell us about that. 
Yeah, I uh, I know the libertarians go go berserk when I bring this up here. And uh, are you questioning my access to legal cannabis? I'm going. Yeah, yeah. This is not your pot. No doubt, it's just cultural rot. Yeah, it it it, it is. Walk and New York City or Washington D.C. street, and you'll smell it. Yeah, and you got idiots like John Boehner making a fortune. Uh, crying John Boehner is now uh, hopped up. John Boehner making a fortune with the pot industry. It, it's 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 morally, ethically, and it's actually legally wrong because these are called high cash operations. Must understand this. Just watch uh, Tulsa with uh, you know Sylvester Stallone. You know, you can't bank the money from uh, these legal cannabis operations because federal law uh, prevents you from entering this cash into the banking system. So watch out anytime you have a high cash operation. Evil people are going to move in and start skimming. What are we seeing? All these Chinese special operators. Why are we hearing all of these reports suddenly of Chinese muscling in on pot operations in California, in Oklahoma, in Maine, in Ohio, everywhere? This is like this is like a gold mine. You want you want cash to to support Antifa or reflagged as transgender or reflagged as Palestinian protesters? Just moving on a legal cannabis operation. Voila, you have your funding for street rioting. I mean, this is this is like a gold mine. Shops on every corner, too. Yeah. 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 I mean, I it just makes this is wrong in every way. And Epic Times just did a great article on uh how clinical trials show that pot use will alter your DNA and not in a good way. Yeah, definitely. Especially the high performance uh chemically altered stuff they have now, which is nothing more than you know like the fentanyl it's 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 really bad well john anything else you want to get out tell us about your book real quick oh thank you thank you yeah war against the deep state uh signed copies on lindell my store uh, uh unsigned on amazon but it, it talks about the uh and i was there i helped create this monster the the mass surveillance system starting in 2007 which is and uh, which has been the basis for the uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth branches of government, all of which need to be retired and people held accountable here. So yes. uh, a great book. Uh, and I was material witness to all of this. We just need to pray for the proper ruling out of Supreme Court on the Missouri, Louisiana, and the Texas cases in the spring. I know you're a big part of that. So we'll look for that and do a whole show on it when it happens. But thank you, Colonel. Appreciate you coming on.